He possesses a rare political quality, honesty, no matter how brutal. Other men will pay the penalty in their own body. Perhaps age is that penalty. You won't find in all of my speeches anything which says, I hate gays. Never. So you're trying to save their souls, is that the That's right. rationale? And, and I respect everybody, even if they have different lifestyle to me. Continually hiding behind the tag of religious freedom, religious belief. But what it basically is, is a poof to bashing exercise. Male homosexuality was decriminalised in 1984. <laughs> that was three years into Fred Nile's parliamentary career. That defeat, was that difficult? Yes, and I've had a few defeat but have had a lot of wonderful victories as well. Those include Aboriginal land rights and drafting bills that ended tobacco advertising and indoor smoking. I felt there should be some protection for people for their health sake. Reverend Nile has campaigned for a halt to Muslim immigration. He wanted hijabs banned, supported Israel Folau, never wavering from his Christian beliefs. As society has become more secular and progressive, Fred Nile's views are certainly more marginalised than they used to be. But for 40 years, he has almost always been on a winning upper house ticket. Australians have wanted him here to represent them. His nominated successor is Lyle Shelton with a platform of gender politics, abortion, Christian values. Children are being inducted into all sorts of radical gender fluid ideology. He seeks to divide people probably even more than, than Fred Nile did. The Reverend retires from Parliament in November. Robert Avadia, 7 News. Well, hello and welcome to The Lyle Shelton Show. It's a great honour to have been invited by the Reverend Honourable Fred Nile to succeed him in the New South Wales Parliament and as leader of the Christian Democratic Party. This came as a complete surprise to me. However, after prayerful discussions with Reverend Nile, uh, his wife Silvana and CDP State Manager Annie Wright, it became clear to me and to my wife Wendy that this was our next assignment. Ever since the end of the marriage campaign in 2017, I've felt a strong call to engage in party politics. Now, many people doubt whether the culture wars are real. As more and more Christians and conservatives feel the pressure, both legal and cultural, to suppress their views and to conform with woke ideas, it's clear that there is a real battle and the other side is playing for keeps. The battle for human rights for unborn children is especially intense and the left always circle the wagons whenever abortion is challenged. Other priorities that I've outlined uh, in a future political career uh, through the media interviews I've done this week include stopping the gender fluid indoctrination of children, preserving freedom of speech and religion and water and energy security. All of these issues are under relentless attack by the radical left. And as the Council of Jerusalem urged the Apostles Paul and Barnabas, remember the poor. Like Paul, this is the very thing that I'm eager to do in politics. While I'm sad to be leaving Queensland, and I hope the voters of New South Wales forgive me at origin time, I'm excited and daunted at the same time about the challenge that lies ahead. Reverend Nile and his CDP supporters have been absolute champions for the truth for more than 40 years. They have faithfully withstood a barrage of vitriolic and irrational criticism. Now, now there's an opportunity to build upon this legacy. Together, we can revitalise the party over the next 18 months and ensure we are in a position to retain our seat in the Legislative Council of the New South Wales Parliament. It would be terrific if we could restore our numbers to two seats. Could I encourage you to consider joining the party? 
Civil society democracies settle their disputes through the democratic process, not violence. A political party is simply a way of organising within a democracy and taking a hold of the tools of democracy available to every citizen. You can join by going to cdp.org.au. Christian engagement in politics is not about theocracy or pulling down the wall of separation between church and state. It's about engaging as citizens and bringing our Christian ethics and principles into the public and political sphere. Other citizens, as is also their right, bring their ethics and principles, and these are often brought with religious zeal and often emanate from alternative religious worldviews. So please consider this way of participating in our participatory democracy. Life has been good in Australia and too many of us have had a set and forget approach to politics. Such is the hostility towards our Western inheritance among those who have grasped the levers of power in the media, politics and the academy that we can no longer afford to stay uninvolved. While the CDP has only uh, got representation in the New South Wales Parliament, CDP membership is certainly open to people in other states. We would certainly appreciate any financial support as we embark on the revitalisation of the CDP so that it can continue to be a beacon of truth in politics for years to come. I'll be moving to Sydney in the coming weeks to take up a position in the party as Director of Campaigns and Communications. Uh, should I win the support of the party state, state council, I'll, I will then transition to the parliament in November upon Reverend Niles' retirement and after a joint sitting of the parliament to elect the CDP's nomination to fill his casual vacancy. Exciting days lie ahead. Thanks if you've been on this journey with me and have supported me over the years. If you're not yet a supporter, please sign up at lyleshelton.org.au. I'd love to stay in touch with you. Well, welcome back. You're with The Lyle Shelton Show. Ever wondered why the champions of love and diversity show no love and seem to hate diversity? Transphobe, divisive, politically irrelevant, blow-in, and someone who would not fit in is how some of my future colleagues in the New South Wales Parliament have described me. This followed the announcement by Reverend Honourable Fred Nile that he would be retiring from the Parliament in November after 40 years and had nominated me as his, as his successor, subject to the approval of the Christian Democratic Party's State Council. New South Wales and our Parliament values and celebrates the LGBT community. Lyle Shelton will feel completely out of place. This is what Lower House MP Alex Greenwich told the media this week. Seriously? Why would the champions of tolerance, love and diversity want to make anyone feel completely out of place? Where's the love and where's the welcome? And why do they assume I don't value and celebrate people within various communities in our society? In a democracy, everyone has the right to challenge the political and public policy ideas that anyone else puts forward, but that should never mean not accepting and valuing people. Sadly, modern identity politics based on cultural Marxism's critical theory conflates the contest of ideas that used to be the hallmark of democracy with an assertion that challenging certain people's ideas means that you have a phobia or animus towards them. Now, practitioners of identity politics can neatly avoid debate and even shut it down, i.e. cancel culture, by labelling their ideological opponents as bad people. 
For too long, this has meant the substance of issues has not been debated and certain propositions have found their way into laws and into policies virtually without scrutiny. No one would sign a commercial contract without scrutinising it. So why do we allow laws to be passed and policies to be introduced without proper debate and scrutiny? Parents are waking up to the nightmare that their children are being taught at school that their gender is fluid, thanks to the aggressive march of the LGBTIQA plus political activists. Those of us who point out the harms of chemical and surgical castration and double mastectomies on gender-confused minors are labelled transphobes and devices, uh, divisive. Here's the New South Wales same-sex marriage activist turned New South Wales politician Alex Greenwich. He seeks to divide people probably even more than, than Fred Nile did. Now, one activist... The vexatious litigator Gary Burns said the Christian constituency's concern about freedom of speech and religion was simply just an exercise in poofter bash bashing. Continually hiding behind the tag of religious freedom, religious belief, but what it basically is is a poofter bashing exercise. Lots of heat in these statements, but no light. As former Deputy Prime Minister John Anderson keeps saying, you can't get good public policy out of bad public debate. It seems the prospect of a higher standard of debate has some people setting their hair on fire. Well, you'll enjoy my next guest on this week's show. I recently spoke with my darling sister, Letitia, about her efforts to fight back against the porn trade. Well, good day and welcome to Lyle Live. It's great to have your company. It's Thursday, the 8th of April, 2021. And I've got a special guest today. It's my sister, Letitia Shelton, the CEO of City Women. And she's here to talk to me about a fantastic initiative. Now, I know that many of you might have some preconceived ideas about Letitia's and my relationship. Uh, she's been very mean to me often on social media. But I'm letting her come on my show today on the condition that she's not mean to me. And if you want to leave comments, make sure they're nice about Tish. She's quite a sensitive soul. So I'm going to bring her into the conversation right now. Tish, welcome to Lyle Live. Hi, Lyle. Just making up for the many years um, growing up living with you. But uh, it was oh, it's been a joy. Stop trying to... <laughs> revitalize relive your traumatized childhood but um we can put all that aside for a few moments tish um you are on a quest to create a city free from porn been going for many many years uh what's got you fired up about this issue yes look it's come out of um, about the last 20 years working with teenage girls in our city um also involved with different domestic violence groups in Toowoomba and realising that uh, so much of the abuse uh, that many girls have received, so much of the violence has been uh, fuelled by pornography and I, I became aware of that just through a lot of research and then listening to women's stories and, um, you know, I'm happy to help and we will help the vulnerable for the rest of our lives but at one point you want to get to the thing that really fuels. If you can <laughs> stop fueling this avalanche, um, hopefully we'll see less abused girls in our cities. So because of your experience uh, working with young girls over more than 20 years now, you've seen uh, from the stories they've told you um, a direct link uh, between pornography and often the sexual abuse of girls. This is a big national topic at the moment, but pornography mm -hmm. hasn't featured as part of the discourse that we're seeing on, on the news and the newspapers. Um, it's, it's largely been ignored, hasn't it? 
look, it's not a popular thing. People don't like to talk about it, probably because they're watching it um, could be one reason. Um, and, you know, people just don't like us meddling with things that they like doing. But uh, look, you know, in the last week, I've been heartened to see a... Um, an article in the Australian and the Courier Mail finally bringing out, um, particularly now when um, girls are being faced with um, choking and, and violence, a lot of teen dating violence has become big and um, they're, they're beginning to say that boys are now being groomed by the porno industry. And I just want to say the boys aren't evil. I think they're innocent victims in this as well um, because somewhere they've been exposed to porn and we've just been silent about it. So my heart goes out to the girls and the boys. Yeah, yeah. Now we'll, we'll come back to a little bit more discussion on 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 this and um, some issues feeding into it. But you're um, you've been active on this for many many years. But this year you're taking a particular action. You're about to embark on an epic two thousand two hundred and forty kilometre ride from Darwin to Broome, uh, mm. and, and this is to raise money. Tell us about the initiative that you're wanting to raise money for uh, by doing this epic ride, Tish. <laughs> Yeah, well, firstly, I'm glad when you look at the map, Darwin's up here and Broome's over here, so, so it's downhill, which, downhill, which will make yeah. it easy, yes. Um, but, again, I think it's just um, we've been running the campaign for five years and uh, realising that our parents quite often are just oblivious and, and that's not their fault uh, necessarily. The world is changing and pornography is just so readily available to our kids on their phones and our parents are just unable to keep up with it. And uh, we have, um, yeah, you, you hold parent nights and forums, but, you know, not too many turn out because they're busy. So I just thought, how can I get information into the hands of the parents of our city? Um, we can't just leave the education around pornography up to our schools because the average age of viewing porn now is around the age of 8 to 11 um, and so we've got to begin to have these discussions with our kids, you know, the minute they have access to a device in age appropriate ways, uh, we've got to have discussions around what is um, what is what what is coming to them <laughs> what, when they see yeah. uh, naked bodies and what to do about it. Um, it's a lot easier to have a discussion with your six year old son um, at an early age and begin to work your way up than to start at when he's 15. Um, at 15, he's not going to want to listen to you. Ter terrible that we've even got to be having these sort of discussions with children that age. But um, the book is um, the book is called mm -hmm. How to Talk to Your Kids About Porn. Now, now mm -hmm. you've got a copy of it there. Mm -hmm. So you want to place a copy of that book uh, on uh, well, in, in the homes of, of every person in Toowoomba. That's a lot of – how many homes is that, Tish? Oh, look, we're, we're, we're aiming for the majority um, to get it into 30,000 homes. That's $200,000. So that's our right. aim. I think um, we've got about 48,000 homes, but I think if we can cover 30,000, at least to begin with, um, we'll be doing great. So so that, that's to get that book. How, who's authored the book and what sort of um, – what, what does it – Obviously, it's encouraging parents to have a conversation, but what are the techniques, what does it suggest parents do? Uh, how, how is this book going to help parents with that, you know, difficult and probably awkward conversation that no one really wants to have with their kids, especially at that age? Uh, oh, absolutely. Look, it's it comes out of the USA. Uh, I've been involved with a great organisation over there, the National Centre on Sexual Exploitation. So it comes um, out of just some of the conferences I've been to, an organisation called Educate and Empower Kids. They've written a whole range 
Um, and then Melinda Tankard Reist has gotten publishing rights here in Australia. Um, and she sells it all over the nation. Uh, look, it's it's thin and it's simple, but it really is bringing parents up to date with the pornography crisis we're in. Um, and then just how to have age-appropriate conversations with your children. What to do if your kid has already viewed porn, because um, overreaction is probably the worst thing you could possibly do. Uh, what you want to do is begin to create open, open waves between kids and children um, to have these conversations where it's not all awkward and, and weird. So the earlier you start, the more normalised um, it becomes because it's not a matter of if, it's it's when, really. Um, and it's a shame that it's gotten to this, but um, this is where we're at in our nation. Very good, Tisha. I'm talking to my sister, Letitia Shelton. She's my guest today on Lyle Live. Uh, if you've got a comment, feel free to uh, leave one on the screen. If, if it's an appropriate comment, if it's not nasty to Letitia, um, she's very sensitive, I'll, I'll happily put it on the screen. Um, but it's, it's great to have you watching with us. Um, Tish, you've got some uh, pretty good support for this initiative and you're, you're about to um, launch the fundraising drive uh, ahead of uh, the big ride. Uh, the ride takes place in, in June, is that right? Um, mm, a little bit yeah. cooler up in the, in the tropics. Uh, <laughs> So not only are you going downhill, you're going at the cooler time of year. You're making it pretty easy for yourself to do 2,240 kilometres. You are getting soft mm. but mm. so, so you've got yeah. you've got a special guest from, um, uh, well, I'll let you t tell us about who, who your guest is. He's coming to Toowoomba to help launch this uh, fundraising drive. Yeah, so May 6th is our, um, bre our community breakfast hosted by myself and our mayor, who is really behind what we're doing. Our guest speaker is Jacinta Price, and she's the deputy mayor out at Alice Springs, quite well known around the nation for advocating, particularly around women, women's rights, Indigenous women. Uh, she's just a great voice and just had a brief chat with her on the phone the other week, and she said she sees first and the um, devastation that porn does to her communities. And so, you know, The Breakfast is really talking about how porn is destroying our communities. It's destroying relationships. It's destroying families. So Jacinta, she'll be a great key speaker. Uh, I've got an, an interview with an older woman who um, whose family's been destroyed through pornography. Um, there'll be other speakers that we hear from because uh, it's not just statistical or research. These are real lives. And uh, I guess it's 20 years of listening to so many so many stories and why um, adults argue for their rights and freedoms to watch this filth and rubbish. Our children are being destroyed, families are being destroyed and I wish common sense would kick in somewhere. And um, and especially I know with our parliament, we're, we're looking, uh, we've asked them and they've done an inquiry about age verification on porn sites, but we still have had no response after a year of that. So um, yes, it would be great to see our government do their job, but um, also, the community's got to just don't leave all this to the government and if we can help empower parents i think um that will really save kids um let, let me just give you an example um i've heard so many so many guys now in their 30s say they saw porn at the age of 11 12. everyone was silent the family was silent school uh, but now we're empowering parents to have these conversations so a mate of mine had a conversation with his nine-year-old son that week, the nine-year-old son was shown porn at school by a friend and uh, the son said, I know what that is and I don't want to look at it. And he went home and told his dad um, what he'd seen. And so straight away, because of that conversation, um, his, his brother being afraid and going underground and starting a porn addiction, uh, he's had an open conversation with his dad. He, he knows what it is. Um, he was able to fend for himself. And so this is, you know, the difference between... Um, 
being addicted to porn for the next 20 years and ruining your relationship and your life and um, being free from it. Yeah. That's a really powerful story, Tish, and, and that's, um, I guess, proof positive of what you're trying to do through raising funds to get this book, How to Talk to Your Kids About Porn, into the homes of as many people in your city as possible. Um, you mentioned Jacinta Price, and it's fantastic that she's coming to launch your fundraiser on May 6th. I, I remember years ago her mother, Bess Price, uh, talking about the intervention that the Howard government launched into Indigenous community um, over a whole range of dysfunction. But uh, one of the things that people might have forgotten about is that the Howard government banned pornography in the Northern Territory in Indigenous communities there for quite a period of time. And I remember Jacinta's mum defending that on television uh, when people were trying to say, oh, that's over the top, that's just, you know, some wows, a moralistic sort of thing, they were pursuing the idea. And she stood up very strongly and said, no, this is fueling the um, abuse of children. And there have been, of course, stories in the um, Little Children of a Sacred Report about babies being raped and uh, children watching X-rated videos and the like. So um, that pornography ban was very much supported by Indigenous women there. So uh, it'll be very interesting to hear what... Jacinta has to say on, on May 6th. And, and if I could just say, Teacher, I know I'm interviewing you, but um, I remember at the time thinking this is not just an issue for Indigenous communities. Um, mm. you know, it, it was quite stark in Indigenous communities because the dysfunction had spilled over into the public square. But I reckon a lot of dysfunction and abuse uh, happens as a result of pornography fueling this uh, in white communities just as much. It's just more hidden. Absolutely. Um, I mean, last week I was talking to some high school girls in Toowoomba and I was hearing about the bestiality porn that's going around their school um, in their high school. So bestiality, young, porn. bestiality porn. So I'm wondering where the animal rights people are. They should be up in arms that um, animals are being abused in this way. But but this is what our kids are looking at because porn is addictive. You never just stay looking at one thing. Um, it, you always go to the next level and children are sharing it. They're watching it on their phones. Um, but bestiality porn, I mean, they were graphic in detailing what they're seeing. And, and these are um, just girls in our community. Um, and so I've it's never a heard of, I've never heard of that, uh, Tish. I mean, that's, uh, okay. I, thought, I couldn't be shocked. Um, but, gee, the sexual revolution of the last 50 years is working out really well. The whole idea that anything goes, um, you know, and, you know, often it was Christian people in the 70s and 80s who, who spoke out against porn and they were ridiculed as wowsers. But, you know, fast forward to 2021 and the girls at school are watching bestiality porn. You know, thanks a lot, um, sexual revolution. Uh, it's, yeah. it's really been wonderful for us yeah no we're we've got big issues <laughs> yeah well, so Tish, um, also we must give a, a big shout out to um you mentioned uh the mayor of Toowoomba, paul antonio who several mm -hmm. years ago launched um, the city free from porn initiative copped a lot of flack it made international headlines but uh good on him for sticking with this each year after year and um coming to annual events and, and identifying with it and, and putting his name and his brand to that. I think that takes enormous courage uh, for the mayor of a city to do that. Uh, it's fantastic, you know, and uh, and I think other leaders are getting on board at our breakfast and other councillor, he'll be the MC. Uh, school principals, you know, they, they see the issues and they're happy to turn up and speak out as well. So, um, you know, we, we do get a lot of pushback, um, but it, it, 
who cares? <laughs> so, uh, good on you. Breaking the silence, and as you say, it's emboldening others, uh, community leaders, school principals. Everyone knows this is a problem, but no one wants to talk about it. So this is yeah. shining a light on it and hopefully will embolden us to take more initiatives in their communities. Tish, where can um, people go to yeah. donate to help... Um, you know, fund these books, uh, at least for Toowoomba, you know, and I, I guess this helps your city, but all of our cities need this. But if we can start with one city, uh, maybe that will inspire others. So how can people donate to this yeah. cause? Well, thanks for asking, Lyle. Um, and did I mean, <laughs> you thought I'd never asked, didn't you? <laughs> did I mention that I'm an author as well? Uh, no. Uh, um, we won't no, get you didn't. That, but no. I recommend your books. They're great. <laughs> Booklets, um, <but> yeah. <laughs> City, uh, no, what's our website is cityfree.org.au. So that's our um, cityfree.org.au. Uh, click on donate. You'll see the Ride for Freedom banner, donate, and you can go and make a um, donation there. Um, they are tax deductible. So if you'd like a receipt, we can uh, get a tax deductible receipt to you as well. Cityfree.org.au. Cfree.org.au and Tish, how is your training going for the big ride? I presume you can't just you know hop on your bike um, in June, and you know even though it's downhill and it's in the winter in the north, uh, I'd imagine that uh, there has to be a bit of preparation going on. Yeah, the key is to get your bottom used to sitting on a tiny little seat for many many hours. So at the moment, I'm doing three to four hundred k's a week. Um, and that was nice in summer when the light was up, but it's yeah, um, doing a lot of a lot of hours. Three to four hundred k's a week. That's a lot. Wow. Mm. Uh, you just spend your your whole life riding your bike, Tisha. Uh, look, if you start at five a.m. and do a hundred k, you'll be done by nine thirty a.m. <laughs> and Tish, cyclists tell me that lanolin's very good for the, the bottom. <laughs> just thought I'd throw that in there. Lanolin. Yeah. Lanolin. Yeah. Thank you. Well, I'll, I'll write that down. Well, Tish, um, it's not every day one talks to one sister about porn, but uh, in all seriousness, uh, I know you, you and I know this is a, a big problem. Really admire what you're doing in that space and have been for years, uh, and uh, all the best to it. Um, I'm hoping to be up at the breakfast on May 6th in Toowoomba. If people want to go to that, um, where, where do they get information about uh, the breakfast? Same website or a different place? Uh, look, yeah, probably my Facebook page is where I'm selling. So go to Letitia Shelton. And you'll see um, links to buy the tickets there, or we can put it in the comments below as well. I'll do that. Fantastic. Well, Tish, mm. thanks very much for joining me today on Wild Live, and all the best for the big ride and for the launch on the 6th. Thank you, Lyle. Thanks for having me. Well, that's it for the Lyle Shelton Show. If you're in Sydney, come and say hello at Kurong Books West Ride this Saturday morning, April 17. I'll be signing books from around 10 a.m. to 12 p.m. I'd love to see you if you can make it. If you'd like to order a copy of my book, I kid you not, notes from 20 years in the trenches of the culture wars, go to lyleshelton.com.au. Finally, thanks to Dave Pillow and his team of volunteers at the Good Source News for production and editing. Thank you for your company and I look forward to seeing you next time on The Lyle Shelton Show. The Lyle Shelton Show is a production of The Good Source, hosted by Lyle Shelton. To watch, listen to, or read more content without the SJW PC fact filter, visit goodsource.news. Good, S-A-U-C-E dot news. Become a Good Source supporter for exclusive access to live and unedited interview recordings, including the conversations before and after the show.